Hello and welcome to the 23rd episode of the third season of the Plebs on Footy podcast. I'm your host, Roy O'Kane, and as always, I'm joined by Scott Featheringham. Hello, Bandra. I-, I wish I was happy to be here, but our microphone sucks. We've spent way too long trying to figure it out. I was in such a great mood before these bloody microphones. Really got to keep down. the listeners with that kind of talk <laughs> off the top. We were going to be joined by our... Uh, our producer, but we spent so long trying to make these sound good that he pissed off to go watch TV, can, can and he we, hasn't come back. Can we apologise off the top for our terrible recording last week? I actually listened to our podcast for the first time in probably a couple of years, to be honest, and it yeah, didn't Scott, sound We need great. you to listen every single week to boost our numbers. It's by one, yeah. Yeah. No, I, was, I was listening in the gym and like I had to very much strain to hear our voices. We we got all these new fancy setup and it we looks didn't cool. adjust well, like. Let's be honest, well, there were some growing pains. I think there still is. Like, I think it's going to be worse <laughs> this week. <laughs> I don't know. It's not going to be worse. You'll at least be able to hear it. We're just a little worried about the sound. But we'll move on. And we don't have that weird effect of <laughs> to the two ears. That was a little bit... I found it a bit uncomfortable, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, well. It'll be all right. Bitters liked it, so yeah. <laughs> there's one one positive. Yeah, we got one positive feedback and about seven negative, but that's okay. Uh, can I just quickly ask you how bloody upset you are this week? Are you particularly grumpy? You lost fantasy. Oh yeah. Ben Brown um, lost the Coleman. I got Northern a bone to. I got a bone to pick you with lost you. Tips by thirteen to me. Uh, you, you'd be pretty <laughs> flat, wouldn't you? I'm going to admit the tips is definitely on me. I just stopped putting them in. After I beat you into submission. (laughs) Okay, however you want to put it. Um, uh, Fantasy, I'm a bit gutted. um, You're a traitor, actually. Um, (laughs) I'm not a traitor. We were never on the same team. We never have been. There there was a fraternity of uh, podcasters I thought we had going uh, where... I would, you'd ask me for advice on which players you should put on the field. I'd give you the wrong advice, but you knew that, so you'd change the other one. Um, I reminded you how to do the loophole thing you can do. And what do you do? You go teach my opposition how to do it and cost me about 50 points. You'd be so, you'd be so salty. If I had played Brad Hill and you hadn't have done that, it would have been about a 20 point loss. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so he still would have lost. Brad Hill was a mistake. I I don't know why I didn't pick him. He's He just frustrated the hell out of me. Forgot he would have got up for Michael Johnson's last game. But regardless, let's get to the it's football. It's a little bit too much uh, fantasy talk, isn't oh, yeah, it? So, I, yeah, I don't uh, think people... Oh, no, people would like to listen to that because I'm miserable about it. But outside of that, it's not very relevant. Well, they just don't want to wait too long before Gold Jacket, Green Jacket. That's what everyone <laughs> listens for. So we're on to everyone's favourite segment, Gold Jacket, Green Jacket. Yeah. The- Can you believe we transitioned from something more relevant, more irrelevant <laughs> into this? It's the, the first time ever for the Shut up, don't, don't criticise. The title derives from the line in Happy Gilmore, Gold Jacket, Green Jacket, who gives a shit. And we give three, two and one. One votes for the most meaningless games of the round. And a little bit controversial this round, wasn't it? We you had, had to we had ask some, for my advice on yeah, this one. We had some fierce discussion about it. Yeah. It's weird round 23. You're going to yeah. have some irrelevant games. But let's um, let's be honest. I was incredibly magnanimous in the tiebreakers I told you to go for. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I suppose so. But like, we'll, we'll reveal all of that. Yeah, we of course. Along, we don't want to give too much away. Well, starting with one vote, West Coast defeated Brisbane by Billy Gowers, uh, 26 points. Uh, <laughs> this this game threatened to be interesting, didn't it? I think going in, there were, there were going into the round, there were two interesting games, and then there were a couple which were like, if there's a big upset, it could be interesting. And this one, we thought there was yeah. hope. Brisbane were in it for a little while, but I think West Coast just held them at arm's length for the whole game, really. Yeah, look, to be honest, I think this, because it had a possible impact on finals positions. I think this was oh, probably... Like, it was probably more relevant than Gold Coast Geelong. 
like just be you put too much into the hundred point margins. But now that we're talking <laughs> the about this, the hundred point margins are fascinating. But it's man. not as fascinating as a Billy Gowers margin. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I should have given this ten out of ten. We hadn't, we hadn't considered that when we did the maths. <laughs> the margin, um, that is true. We were late to the party, but from now on. We'll keep that in mind. But Brisbane are stiff again, to be called irrelevant. They put up a good fight. West Coast just held them at an arm's length for most of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, try, I don't think West Coast will do too much damage in finals, to be honest. Who uh, is? Just, like, yeah, someone true. has to, and they're top two. Like, yeah. West Coast Collingwood, you, logically the winner of that will be in a grand final. So... Yeah, and it could be West Although, Coast. Yeah. I don't know how fit Kennedy's going to be, but yeah, they're just their midfield's a bit short after Gaff yeah. is out. Like, <laughs> I don't think we realise just how important he such, was. And like their transition is still pretty good because they got really good use off the half back line, but the link isn't quite there without the runners. And Yo's good at it because he's such a good overhead mark, but it's not quite the guys working into space without without uh, Gaff. Do who I really like though, Willie Rioli. I'm yeah, just, I, I I'm like becoming it. He's a been a lot massive better than fan I, than I thought he would be at, at this stage of his career. Like he, he looks a little bit out of shape. <laughs> We've discussed this before. You reckon that's just because he got a thick neck? No, he's got a little belly as well. Okay, he's got okay. a little belly, but and, and bit you of a can Dane see Swan. he has a bit of the Rioli talent. You could see it straight up. The first time I saw him in like AFLX, you could see that. But I thought, <laughs> I thought he's a couple of years. That off is it. possibly the only piece of information no. to ever come Honestly, out of AFLX. I watched, I watched like all of the AFLX. I think that was the only interesting <laughs> thing I took out of it. Was really Rioli looks okay, but I thought he'd be a couple of years off it. So he, he's been surprising. And, like he's, he's at the moment, he looks better than Ryan, who I thought at the start of the year. I'll yeah, no, a hundred percent agree. And like statistically, they're almost identical. They average about ten and a half touches a game, and yeah, pretty okay. much the same amount of goals. But I think Rioli works a lot better defensively. I yeah, think I Ryan's a little right. bit. I, that, that's a problem. Lazy, for sure. for, yeah. and he'll work into that. But you know, so. Rioli's already good. He's the trademark Rioli on that front. Mm. Some of his smothers on the weekend were like really important. Mm. Uh, but yeah, guess we should move on. That'll be very important, particularly if they have Kennedy out and they'll be running with that small forward line. And uh, the, the other just quick point is uh, we won't elaborate on it, but Darling getting into form is quite significant for West Coast. So. Yeah. Um, Although he's he, been, he kicked a few Eddie Betts, I think. Yeah. Oh, two, I think, out of three goals or yeah. four goals. So, yeah. But um, <laughs> he's been pretty up and down since he came back from injury. And for yes, sure. one of that was when he was concussed two minutes in. But... It's they really need him to be consistent because with Kennedy there's so much question marks yeah. that you really want him. I think to, there's a fair chance. And Oscar Allen actually looked pretty good. Um, Who? Uh, <laughs> uh, Ford they drafted about pick twenty last year. Okay. Um, he came in, looked probably better than Waterman. Okay. Who they were playing in that third tall role. Okay. Waterman, Waterman wasn't looking great. No, and he'd sort of hit the wall. But Oscar Allen looks pretty good. Really skillful okay. for his okay. size, I think. Anyway, we should probably move on. That's plenty yeah. to talk about that game. Uh, two votes. The magical 100 still still irrelevant. But Adelaide defeated Carlton by 104 points. Uh, you probably helped me a little bit with this one, didn't you? I, 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 I <laughs> My grading of this was particularly harsh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I gave it 23 relevance points. You gave it about 12. Uh, you, you're just a grumpy man who hates Carlton. Uh, but surely you have to take some interest out of the fact Carlton got utterly flogged at the end. It's making your call a few oh, weeks ago. Oh, you agree with me no, now. I, I, I'm far from agree with you, but like, it makes it seem slightly less ridiculous. Their percentage isn't... <sighs> 
that far better than ours was when we were clearly worse. It's pretty hard. It's still a fair bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty hard to lose by 100 points when you win the inside 50s, clearances mm. and contested ball. They were plus 17. Mm. Contested. I think if a team tried to do that, they wouldn't be able to. That's, you that's have to be a to special do. kind of shit to do what Carlton <laughs> to, did. To be able to like try that hard in that one area and then just start blowing it elsewhere. Like that's actually <laughs> difficult. I'm, I'm like, I'm almost impressed. Yeah. And like, we'd have to go back through the sets. But you, oh, you probably wouldn't have won the inside 50s, but you might have done that with Neil um, with the contested ball stuff. Oh, that yeah. was your only focus. Yeah, yeah, for a little while. For a little while before everyone just gave up and stopped caring. <laughs> but like, what is it? Is it forward line? Is it ball use? Is I don't it know, but defense? Like, uh, Kerno got hurt, but I like Harry McKay. McKay or McKay, I'm not sure. I actually do really I like think him. he's really good. He's really mobile for a guy that's 200 centimetres, mm. and he seems really coordinated and he, which he, for a big guy is sometimes an issue and for carlton that's yeah that's quite a big true very point. important but like he's, he's simple like he just leads in straight lines yeah. he, he he just he looks he looks like a genuine forward just yeah strong on a lead and, and it's like he can take a contested grab yep. he can crash it back he just does he's not buddy but he does all the the classic things doesn't he He's just a yeah, classic key yeah, forward. Yeah, exactly. I just, I, and they've, I got, just, they've got the dynamic guy in Kerno already. Yeah. So, like, he's a good building block for them, but it still just doesn't work yet. I still... I've been saying it all year. I still think they have the smatterings of quite a good list there. And I, like, I, yeah. I just... I can't... I, I don't know why they are this bad at this point. I, I, I think there's just a lack of belief. I, yeah. Their midfield, there's no depth at all. But, no. you know, obviously they've got Cripps carrying them. Murphy is when he's quite healthy. a good player, and then they've got like a few talented players around the edges. But that forward line, McKay and Kerno, that that's quite talented. Their back line with Marchbank and Plowman, Weedering, like, yeah. there, there is some ability. I, I there. think it goes. The problem with the midfields, it goes from being Cripps and Murphy to being nineteen-year-olds like Zach Fisher. Mm. There's no bridge, and the bridge when you've got it is yeah. Sam Kerridge, which like he's the yeah. mid- guy's like right. And just yeah, average, well, and he's a small forward. Like they have experience. They're not playing the younger sides in the comp, but when the sides, they, the experienced guys they are playing are not important players. They're not in important positions, yeah. and so they, they're they, not shouldering any of the load. No one's being covered by a bit of experience. They, they've got a lot of bit part players, and I yeah. suppose that's what makes them look kind of empty. But yeah. like, yeah, that's I, a very I, I good way of putting it. I can see a future. I can see a future, and. Uh, do we need to talk about Adelaide Jenkins kick seven? Uh, yeah, wasted season, but I put it down more to injuries and fluke issues with confidence and stuff oh, because I, of the collective mind stuff. Then yeah. I don't think it's repeatable. Yeah, I think clearly bad management over the preseason. They obviously yeah. were not fit. They played text too early. They, yeah. Obviously, the preseason camp was a disaster. They got a lot wrong coming off the back of a grand final, and hopefully they learn from it. I, I suppose so. I, I would expect them to bounce back and be a real finals contender next year. Yeah, I, I, would, I would be with you on that, yeah. yeah. I, I'd expect them to finish top four, yeah. Yeah. Um, them and Melbourne. But anyway, let's uh, move on. Uh, back where you belong to finish the <laughs> season. We're all happy with this. Wait, will we have gold jacket, green jacket in finals? Oh, I don't know. No, you can't in finals. Nothing's yeah, I, irrelevant okay. in finals. I think we, we used to have like one just for a joke. But look, the last proper gold jacket, green jacket. We finish on the right note. North Melbourne defeated St Kilda by 23 points. So to those teams, we say... Gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit? 
yeah, we deserve this one. <laughs> I'm gonna cover this was an I think, ordinary I think for, game. I think for me, the thing which added to this was the fact that it was last in the round. Like, yeah. I had this big high from like the <laughs> Melbourne game, and I'm like, why? Apart from checking whether Ben Brown has kicked seven goals, which he got so far from, why would I possibly want to check this game? Like, no one could give a toss that this was going on. Yeah, it, if he had you, a... Of course. Did you go? Yeah, I did. Okay. It was very... Ordinary. We played really well in the first quarter. And unfortunately, Zeba was kicking all the goals instead of uh, Ben Brown. It was getting very frustrating. Zeba had three kicks for... Or four kicks for three goals. Yeah. I was like, why are we kicking it to him? You we, didn't, you didn't We have a mission statement here. <laughs> well, you you didn't. Like, some people hoped you would. Oh, but you didn't should've. just try to kick it to him. We kicked it to him. Like, we kick it to him heaps normally. And we just did the same amount. Well, he was... He was it's not getting on his bike as much in the second half of the year, which is a bit frustrating. Mm. Um, so I think it's leaving holes for Zebel and Mason Wood and Waite to run into by holding deeper is, I think, being the tactic. I, I think but it's ha- very frustrating to watch when all you want is for one to go to win the Coleman. Yeah, I, I think there has been a lot of teams figure not figuring him out but figuring it out in the sense that you've just got to play two or three players like earlier in the year i was one of the things i got most impressed with watching north melbourne was the ability to get it to the right spot for brown for him to be able to once he's in that position where he has the launch at it he is Mm. unstoppable yeah you managed to kick it to that spot and just give him that clear jump at it every time. And now you just got to met other teams just have a man in the hole and you've struggled to adjust but i feel like you can lead into that still like a guy coming at the ball and a guy sitting in the hole, I still back the guy coming at the ball unless the kick is too shallow. Yeah, but like he's it's not a playing. Tough kick. But he's but not playing badly. Like no. it's not as if he's completely. He hasn't. He's just stopped kicking goals. Like, no, he's still yeah. kicking a few. He's just they figured out a yeah. lot of your inside fifties. And he and kicked able to tougher goals. He's had to kick tougher goals. Yeah, and like he gets like this is just a whinge, but he gets manhandled more than I think is reasonable, and he. Most he's, teams think that they're key. For yeah, me. but oh, maybe it just looks like more because he's really gangly and limbs fly everywhere. Big, big people generally, you know, they they don't get as many free kicks because they so just give a bit of leeway to the. It's the so to give him a chance. So but, frustrating. I don't know. It's just a subconscious thing. But anyway, we moving on to some proper football. Uh, yeah, unless you want to talk about St Kilda being one of the most disappointing teams of the year. Oh, I think we've done that to death, haven't we? Yeah, okay, let's move on. Uh, Essendon defeated Port by 22. Um, their season to the season has been really impressive. Um, I, I think I said it last week. I, Looking at these two teams, I had quite high expectations of Port Adelaide, and I think they've been unbelievably disappointing. Oh, they were 11-4. and four. Yeah. They were oh, that, second that, on the ladder they, they after com- 15, or 16 rounds. They completely... Blew their season in a horrible way, and I think the coach needs to take responsibility. But like losses look, to Frio, lost like bad losses. I think they, I think it was Michael Voss who said like that that killed our season losing to Frio. We just lost all belief in yeah. that game or something like that. But I, I mean, we've talked about this before. I don't think they're well coached, and I don't think they they use their weapons as we've yeah we've, we've gone over that over and over again. But on the other side of it, I I kind of mediocre expectations of Essendon and. We all know that they blew the start of the year. They, they were a lot Two worse and six. than we expected. They, they lost to Carlton. You can't make finals when you lose to Carlton. It's, it's as simple as that. There's that but, meme going around. Just If any Essendon supporters up and about or something, just remind them that the reason yeah. they're not but, in finals because they lost to Carlton. But from that point on, 
I think they've been super impressive, and I, I am a lot more positive about Essendon now than I was at the start of the year. Oh, which, absolutely. Which makes, which makes me think, in some ways, in a weird way, it was quite a good season. I, I think they built a bit of belief. They understand how they want to play now. Yeah. What's weird is that, so they were seventh last year. They, they recruited three genuinely good players. They all played well and contributed to the side, mm. and still went backwards. And yes, it was all about that start and just mucking it up, but. They eventually found some better inside midfielders. They are aiming to recruit another one, whether it be Mitch Wallace or they're the ones rumoured going after Shield. Yeah. But they've got to beef that part of the side up. But when you get uh, Danaher back and assuming he's himself, that's a good side if they yeah. add to the inside midfield. And yeah, I'm more positive. Like I'll probably put them higher next year than I had them this year when yeah. predicting everything. Yeah, exactly. Which is like, although Idiotic. they went backwards, <laughs> in some ways you say they've kind of improved. It, in, in a, like, I feel like it's just it's been a learning year. Like early yeah. on, they had massive issues with the way that they were playing. They were trying to get into space because they thought they were quick, so they were just switching it back and forth. But they were doing it too slowly, and they were just getting and flat-footed. their speed isn't on the wings; it's in the half back line. So you got yeah. go direct from the half They've back started, line. Yeah, using the corridor and their inside mids improved as the season went on. Zach Merritt obviously got a lot better. Yeah, he learned um, to handle the tag, which was massive. Yeah, and Heppel improved as a leader, and they started playing some quite consistent, accountable football. So, yeah, I, I, if I was an Essence supporter, I'd be feeling quite good. Yeah, absolutely. Funnily enough. <laughs> Do you want to move on to a game that I think should have gotten some votes? <laughs> yes, yes, we should. What was relevant about this game? They could have lost and been in the exact same position. And they played the Gold Coast. Their average winning margin against the Gold Coast is 75 points. Right. That's only 25, four goals better than the usual. There are 102 reasons why this was interesting, Bench. At a 100-point margin is always significant. We've gone over So if this. they'd lost by 98, won by 98 points, it would have gotten votes. No, it's no, but like, I have an objective formula, Banjo. And on the formula, one of them yeah, is the interest the, of the margin. The, the objective. It was quite high. It would have been lower if it was 98, but it still would have been... Re- it's the, the, a 98 point is still more interesting than 25. The objective formula is full of subjective <laughs> facts like that. No, like, no, no, no. It's highly objective, mate. None of that. Don't criticise the segment. Uh, how about Paddy Dangerfield? That was oh, something interesting about it. Speaking of my fantasy side, he killed me. <laughs> but that is... That, no, is you, gen- that is the best game. He, that's his best type of game. It's the best type of game anyone plays. 30-odd touches and four goals. Mm. And he looked hot and mm. hungry, and he hasn't this year. This year he has looked... He's looked almost like yeah. short of a gallop in a way. He's just he's looked That's a, a bit way of putting it. battered and bruised and just not not quite there. Not not himself. Not that danger field who just wants to tear a game yeah. apart. But this this game, I, I know he wasn't up against much of an opponent, but I think he would have he wouldn't have had those sort of stats no. against another team. But I, he would have had thirty and a couple of goals or something. He he looked great, and that makes me a bit nervous as a Melbourne supporter. <laughs> he's uh, he's built into this. His last six weeks have actually been pretty good whereas his first 16 or so were for him ordinary he's still an elite player but for him it was ordinary and Mm. he wasn't in the three mvp nominations shillong players put forward for the aflpa mvp so they've they've noticed yeah that's interesting he's nominated for all australian (laughs) and the other along with the other three that were nominated so it's not egregious that he wasn't on there but yeah 
something to note. I think his second half or second quarter, last quarter of the season has been a lot better than yeah. his first. Potentially three. building into an unbelievable final series. Which yeah, you hopefully could, you could say that about any of those Geelong players. Uh, the other the other chat which came out of this game, which is is a little bit interesting, is this idea of. You know, Melbourne have had two big, tough, hard games to finish the season. And arguably they go in a little bit sore and then they have their week off where Geelong have had the easiest two. They they, they will go into a final with three buys. Yeah, they had two practice games, a bye, and then they'll play you. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) It'll be very interesting to see who jumps out of the gate quicker. I'm not sure... Like. their ability to, like, they haven't shown this scoring power all year. That's true. And so, is it part of them clicking, or is it just they've played doormats? And, like, Frio gave a shot against Collingwood the next week. So, and yes, it's home for Frio in mm. a way at Geelong. But, like, well, like funnily- I, I, could, I can see the argument that they've just clicked and branded funnily enough it could be both to the, that yeah. question that you pose in the sense that earlier in the year melbourne did that for six weeks we played doormats and we scored like crazy and yeah. then i noticed initially when we came back and are playing some proper teams that hurt us the fact that we yeah it'd been so easy for weeks and then as the season went on i think we started believing based on the fact we got that together yeah. for those six weeks where the problem for geelong is there in an elimination nothing. final so they don't have time to adjust to it i I have no doubt I think it's a negative, particularly with having the buy there. If there was no buy, having two easy games and then going into a final, maybe that is a positive. Yeah, but freshen you up. Because Melbourne, we're going to be fresh, fresh anyway. Yeah. And we've just had a couple of good hit-outs. I, I think it's definitely a negative for Geelong. Definitely. Yeah. And because of the way they're built, they're either really experienced or really young and inexperienced. Mm. I think the experience, like their stars will handle it fine. But it'll be those Cunicos, yeah, those kind of guys. I'm not even sure who's in the two. Murdoch, yeah, yeah. he's flaky as hell anyway. So yeah, that, that'll get exaggerated. So yeah, um, and just just very quick, I, I'm very confident. I would I would much prefer to be a Carlton supporter than a Gold Coast supporter. I've decided. I know you're the opposite side of the fence. But yeah, but that's just because I'm super biased and love Gold Coast. <laughs> I know, I know. I just I, I can see more talent in that Carlton list. But anyway, I think we should move on to our. Yeah, uh, fair enough. Uh, let's get to our. First proper segment of the mm-hmm. of the, uh, of the pod, uh, Kane Corns call of the week, where we nominate an outlandish call from the media and make one of our own. Uh, the the media Kane Corns call surprisingly comes from Kane Corns. We, we're always happy when it's a Kane. Oh, one. we we love it when he Our puts original. his neck on the line and performs the way we know he can. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he gets a bit too in inside himself, a bit too. Yeah, just a bit too conservative, but he's not had, often. That's he, not what he's yeah, known true, for. Conservatism. <laughs> I think he's running out of takes a little bit, so it takes him a while to build up to another one. Yeah. But he's come out with an absolute cracker, and this one is a, this is a long form Kane Corns. It's mm. it's not predicated on something he just said. Well, it is, but it, there's a bit of context to it. So a few weeks ago, when Sam Pepper had 17 odd tackles or something like that, he had one of his good games. That was against us. Yeah, he. Kane Corn said he <laughs> he was the next Dustin Martin, which this was actually like an article, like a headline. Yeah, was, <laughs> like was that. It yeah. wasn't something he said nonchalantly on the radio. It was it, it was a considered thought, and yes, it was obviously biased. He's talking about a Port player, mm. and there's obviously a little mayo on it. 
But it was reasonably understandable. You see the similarities, the fend, the bull inside midfielder. Yeah, yeah. Problem it's, is, Sam Pepper It was, a, it was a big call at the time. It was a big call. Yeah. But it's become worse. <laughs> and he's followed up this week. <laughs> this is just great. And he's, he's written another article talking about the, uh, Port Adelaide's midfield issues. <laughs> and apparently they've got too many inside midfielders and need to trade one of uh, Ebert, Rockliffe... Or the next Dustin Martin. Or Sam Palpepper. <laughs> I think there was one more, but that's not important. So he's gone from being the next Dustin Martin to trade bait within a month. That's incredible. It, it's a nice little microcosm of the media. This one. It's, a, it's, just, it's what they do. They just react to what is hot at the time. That is just him thinking he will go absolutely unchecked on whatever he says, that no one was paying any attention to it <laughs> yeah. in the past. I think... Uh, Which I like the humility of that. But <laughs> The way you would try to justify it is the article wasn't Sam Palpepper needs to be traded. The article yeah. was discussing their midfield issues and Sam Palpepper and was one balance. example of their inside midfielders. But still, if you think he is the next Dustin Martin, you, you don't, don't trade him. him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a backflip. <laughs> that's a real backflip. Uh, what do you got as your big call? Uh, my big call, I'm going with an individual player this time. Ooh. Someone who I've watched the last couple of weeks and I've almost been blown away. Aaron Francis, will oh. he will be... Multiple All Australian. Multiple All Australian. I'm confident. I think he will go down as like a grade of the Essendon Football Club. Ooh. I really, really, really rate him. He's playing that new modern role and the- he's reading it in the air as well as anyone else. His hands are as good as McGovern. He's a beautiful kick of the footy. And the thing which I like about him the most is he's lifting in the big moments. Port Adelaide came at him a couple of times in the last quarter and every time it looked like they were going for that, that goal which could potentially give them that belief, Francis would just drift across and take, take another mark. Uh, his last two weeks have been seriously, seriously good. And he, he's a footballer. That, that yeah. is the thing. You can just say he knows footy. He gets footy. And he's got the talent, plus he's got the brains as well. And he... If he's working hard enough now, which it sounds like he is, that's how he got back in the team, yeah. he will become a serious footballer. He's like a little bit bigger of Lostin, isn't he? Both with the red hair beard combination. But yeah. the, way, the way they intercept Mark. He's better. Mate, he's better. I, I think the thing which sets him apart from, say, those other players playing that role is mm. he's also a great kicker of the footy and a great decision maker. And that, that gives him just that added bonus, which I can... like. I can see him being like an Alex Rance. Ooh. I really rate him. You think he's that good one on one? Not probably not as good one on one. He does the one thing which he doesn't have, which Rance does have, is that ability to win a contest from nowhere. Where yeah. he just looks well, like Rance is the way you look just, like you've lost the contest. Yeah, he looks out of it, it and he'll just scrap back into it. That's probably the one thing which that that's the thing. Rance has that more than oh, any that's other. That's what makes Rance great. Exactly. Rance is an excellent player. What makes him a great. Mm. is when he's fallen over to get back up and go again. But uh, as an intercept defender... I don't mind that, to be honest. Good. I thought bloody you were going to go with James Harms. We'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we're going to discuss that anyway. Uh, my Kane Corns is, uh, unsurprisingly, a bit negative. I think the Giants have missed their window. You were just copying. Uh, I think it was Lee Montagna, I think, said that. Someone said that. Not going to lie. Didn't. didn't okay, no, so didn't. thought of it on your own, did you? Okay. Yeah, but credit to whoever thought of it. They're obviously right if I mm-hmm. thought of it too. Um, their salary cap has been reported to be just bursting. So they're going to 
have to start shedding some talent. Yeah. And some big talent too. Uh, we know they're losing Kelly at the end of next year, but there might have to be someone going this year. <laughs> no reaction to that? <laughs> Just continue. <laughs> um, and they might get in a perpetual motion type thing where they're just two years away they're always got kids coming through that in two years will be excellent but to fit them all in the salary cap they'll have to let somebody go and i'm worried that while they'll get if shield goes which the chatter is just insanely ramping up they'll get a pick one or a pick two or something like that they'll get an excellent asset for him but by the time he that kid is worthwhile and really making a mark, they'll have to have lost another asset. Yeah. And I, I'm just worried that for all the talent that's passed through there, none of it will stick around enough to purchase. Like The guys have put on long-term contracts. Toby Green, Jeremy Cameron. I'm not entirely sure they're the most... I don't think they're the most important players to that football club, especially... Like they don't have any of their midfielders really tied down, seemingly. I'm just worried that their engine room's going to go. Because Cornelio's a free agent at the end of next year as well. I'd be a little worried about them in the sense that clearly they've thrown everything at the now. They're trying to win a premiership now. Um, I'd be a little worried about the fact that naturally a lot of those players, there's probably a chance that a lot of them would want out just because it's... It's GWS. It's not a sexy club. They're playing in front of 10,000 people. And mm. they probably put everything into just throwing as much money as they can at these players. And if if they drop off a little bit in terms of premiership, plus they have salary cap issues, yeah. a lot of those players probably are going to want to go. And clubs not. Like clubs look to... You can, you can see it. Clubs look at GWS and Gold Coast lists and they think... What kind of scraps can we get out of those lists? Yeah, no, less Gold Coast now because they're just no good. Yeah, but with yeah. GWS especially, like look at all the talk around Tomlinson. Every single year he's been rumoured to go home. Yeah. And it's been remarkably unfounded. There's been no sign that he actually wants to leave. He's re-signed for just consistently midway through the year, but it's always before he re-signs talk. Mm. And he's not, like, he's not worth all that intrigue I don't think and yet yeah, there's still guys like him have been just been looking at to be picked off so I just worry there's never going to be a moment where it all comes together so they're not going to win eight flags in a row so you were wrong no on that, I, on I think front. I'll admit that, that was I'll something admit, you got wrong I think I'll admit I got wrong eight flags in a row I think you, you agreed that. with me on that just uh, quietly yeah that was I think if that we go was. back to the tapes that was a pretty yeah that uh, was a, a team call yeah that yeah. was a team call but anyway let's move on to some footy yeah Really good game, actually. This uh, is a cracker. Reasonably surprising. Richmond only defeated the Dogs by three points. I loved watching this game. I found this game absolutely fascinating to watch the the cat and mouse between an unbelievable defensive team and a team being unbelievably bold in the way yeah. they move their footy and really impressive in the way that they move the footy. The Dogs They're, had lost that over the last two years. They hadn't been bold like that really since yeah, their they, finals they've lost run. the belief yeah and it came back and it showed it's, they can still be really damaging when they play that way like all the talent that well most of the talent that won them a flag is still there yeah that, their midfield is good on paper it oh is. it's excellent on paper and uh, i still i still think they're playing a different way to what they played in 2016 yeah 2016 that was, was more, just handball 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 this handball, was more run, short run, kicking, run. Was this, yeah this was incisive short kicking in the corridor and it was it was unbelievably impressive. There was a patch of the game where it felt to me almost like they just said, 
get the board of Johannesson and just just tell JJ run. just 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 bloody go for it. Just go for a run, kick it short in the corridor. Just absolutely go for it. And in, then as the game went on, was Daniel got it in, inboard a lot. Yeah, McCray got it inboard a lot, and they McCray's went for some so good at that. Kicks. Yeah, he, he's he's he, his game was one of the best. His ability to turn the corner on a kick to change the angle is unreal. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like something out of West Coast who do that the best in the league. The yeah, way yeah. he can just change the entire shape of their forward movement yep. by a 45-degree kick. And, yeah, they, they played so well. It was unfortunate they missed a few shots to give them a real chance of winning it, but it's a really positive game. Their last few weeks have been legitimately good. Like, they'd won three in a row going into that. Um, mostly poor sides, but they got north, and they showed against Richmond. And, yeah, Richmond were probably not as intense as they normally are. There's probably a little bit of sting out of the game. A little bit, a little bit. But it wasn't a flat game by any means. Yeah, to just their ability to play that game and show that there's still something there is so important going into next year. I think there's a real reason to be optimistic about the Dogs for the first time since about five weeks into their Premiership Funny hangover to hear season. you saying that, the Mr. I hate the Western Bulldogs. Oh, I oh, still good. loathe them and I'm not happy about it, especially because they killed our chances of playing finals, but it, they've been a lot more impressive than they were through the start of the year. Well, one of the things I loved out of the games, one of the real like signs of their positivity was having Caleb Daniel take kickouts. Yeah. He, is, he is not a big kick. And most teams get a nice long kick to take their mm. kickouts and they'll just you know kick it along down the line to a contest and then neutralise and try to get their way out doing yeah, it you, that way. But you want the stoppage on... like. 60 metres out or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Caleb Daniel's a beautiful short kick. Terrible. He can't kick it more than it's, 40 It's not that he's a terrible long kick. He just doesn't have a long kick. Yeah, yeah. Um, on a good day, he'll scrape 50. Yeah, exactly. So that's just... It's a sign that they were trying to do something different and they were trying to be bold and he, he played a bloody good game of footy. So I love that. It, it, from a Richmond point of view, would you look at team... Teams are clearly trying to be more bold against them now. They're really taking it on, taking risks mm. through the corridor. People have decided that's how you beat Richmond. If you were Richmond, would you be saying, uh-oh, like, I'm worried that teams yeah. are starting to figure us out? Or would you be saying, bring it on? Like, if you try oh, to bloody chew it off in the corridor, if we would I was a, If and, I was a Richmond fan, like, my immediate thought would be, try whatever you want will be. But that's just because I'm a really arrogant fan. <laughs> and like, yeah, I know that's yeah. how I'd approach but it. But as, a, down, as an objective or reasonably objective supporter of neutral fan, I think this is the most vulnerable Richmond's looked since, I don't know, they had that th- run of three losses in a row last year. Yeah. Like, They've had a few ever close since games, then, which is amazing. <laughs> yeah. And then a few close, closer games at the G. Like, we hadn't seen them be anywhere near being touched at the MCG before this sort of stuff, like with Geelong and yeah. with the Dogs. Yeah. And if other teams can try that, some teams I don't think have that string to their bow. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think, say Sydney played them. Not yeah. that they likely Absolutely. will. I don't think Sydney's got that string to their bow. 100%. But yep. I could see West Coast especially are built Absolutely. very much to cut through that zone with mm-hmm. short kicking because they do it so well and they're used to playing on the demand. I'm not sure they'll travel well and on grand final day they'll yeah they, they won't face the issues so many interstate sides have faced but g- game plan wise they're really well built to take on Richmond I think 
GWS look battered and bruised, but they, I think they're capable of playing that way. Yeah, well, uh, they and, might... And Melbourne are capable of playing that way if, if we want to. Yeah. Sneaky thing about GWS is when the Dogs won their flag, they got a heap back yeah. over that buy into yeah. the elimination final. <laughs> What's going to happen to GWS? Zach Williams, Toby Green, Aiden Corp to take a more solid key defensive role. Like, there's a lot coming back for GWS. They're not getting everyone back, yep. which sucks. But Being, yeah. there's something then. Zach Williams had 37 touches in the VFL. So yeah, and he, he would make a big difference. You're yeah, being hopeful, but... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But we're all trying to find hope in the... But as I said before, the... they've missed their window. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. You idiot. Uh, we just need to quickly... Uh, this is this is a bit of a sad moment. I, it, is this the end of Billy Gower's watch for the year? Will this be the last one? Um, it depends. Uh, if he says anything funny, or if, if he gets named to the twenty-two under twenty-two, or whatever it is, we'll, we'll give him a mention. We'll give but, him a mention. But look, it, it's, it's it does look like it's the death knell for this season. Yeah, well, it's time for potentially the last of the season. It's time for Billy Gower's watch. Billy, 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 Billy Gower's. Billy. Billy played a really good game there, Joe. Yeah, he really did. For the first time since he's come back from injury. And guess what? <laughs> they lost for the first time since he came back from injury. Back to, but full, still. Back to full forward, mate. He's, he's, he's a position. full forward. I think, I think he just walked into Bevo's office and said, look, I, I know I am good absolutely everywhere yeah, on exactly, the ground. Yeah. I know there's nothing I can't do on the football field. I've even gotten a hit out. But I need to win the... The club's best, the club's goal kicking. And he did it, Banjo. How many did he kick? How many? I kicked a Billy Gowers. He kicked Billy Gowers. He kicked 26 goals for the year. And that, that's Two a, Baker's dozens, also known as a Billy Gowers. That is a, that's a massive season, isn't it? 26 goals. Like, that in, is in your huge. first year as a key forward or a running half back. <laughs> Or a Ruckman, or an inside midfielder. Yeah, it's massive. <laughs> he's had a very good year, Billy. So look, his stats were thirteen disposals, nine kicks, four handballs, eight marks, two tackles, and three goals. One kicked some important goals late as well, and he gave one off. He as is well. a big moments player, isn't he? He is actually. He actually is. Like they, those goals he kicked against Geelong. And Big goals. North Melbourne as well, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've blocked that part yeah, out. That. Yeah, he gave one off as well. There's one he took one out about 15 metres out and handballed over the top to um, Eddie mu- Betts in the goal square. He must have known he had it sewn up by then. No, that was actually quite early. He's just a selfless he's man. Just, he's, he's, he's just There is nothing he can't do. Man. Great footballer, great person. Uh, yeah, next up we got Free Collingwood, sorry. Defeated Freo by nine points. And, oh, they nearly shut the bed, didn't they? Oh, this was... This was heartbreaking for me. You are amped up for this game. (laughs) You believed like not even Frio supporters believed. You had faith. And I know they've been your second team for so long, but this Mm. would have been your favourite moment in Frio history. My my love for Frio is is very high, but it would have just utterly exploded if they gave us a chance. This would have been the greatest moment in Frio history in your mind. Way above their grand final. Absolutely, mate. This would have been the biggest, yeah, the biggest win Frio ever had. But. They got they got bloody close. It was it was they weird. They played pretty well. They played very well. It was a weird supporter thing, I have to say. Like it was, for <laughs> me, it was like the first quarter when they so, so Collingwood kicked the first three, and you were a bit like, okay, there's like I, I'm joking around a bit. The Freo were going to win this, ha ha ha. And then Freo came back a bit, and you're like, oh, 
Oh, this is all right. Uh, come I heard you said to our producer after they got two goals up. Now, do you agree? You were wrong, and Frio are definitely gonna win. But like, it was it was kind of funny for a while, being like, "Oh, we'll get around Frio. This is funny." And then like, as got a the bit game went on, it just started. Yeah, it started getting real, and started being like, "Oh my god, this is actually incredible. Like Melbourne could make the top four. This is serious." And by the last quarter, I was a mess. It was, it was painful to watch. Yeah, I watched the Bledisloe Cup and watched the Wallabies get flogged, but I was keeping an eye on the score, and it, it was in two minds, because as I said earlier, Brad Hill killed me, <laughs> but uh, what are you doing? Oh, that's fine. Yeah, just <laughs> Look at that communication. Yeah. Through the notes page. <laughs> These won't play well at all, and we might have to cut it, but still. <laughs> yeah, we know <laughs> time to cut it. <laughs> uh, I've completely lost my point. What was I saying? Oh, yeah, they were just keeping an eye on the score, and they just kept coming back. Every time Collingwood got close or overtook them by a goal, there was just a Frio response. couple of uh, oldies for Frio playing well. Like Michael Johnson, why the hell yeah. is he retiring? He was actually I mean, Why wasn't he in the cops. side? <laughs> he was outstanding. Hayden Ballantyne was brilliant. His well, they re-signed him. Re-signed him. Yeah, well, he, yeah, he's he's, going on. he is continuing. In what is mildly confusing. No, not anymore, mate. Not after his performance on the week. And I do after like... After one game. I do like Valentine. Yeah. I always have. Got very uh, firm fingers. Good but, pincher. I mean, look, watching no, the... Crowley. Watching the game, it did feel a bit like Frio were scrapping their way through it, let's just say. They were figuring out stuff as they went along. And a couple of times they got a little bit of run into them. But, like, still off half back, it made me tear my hair out for a lot of the game. But it, it, like, they stayed in the game through effort for a lot of it. Um, yeah. Do you but, think like, there's any signs of a game plan change? Was anything done differently that makes you think Ross is a bit closer no, to figuring I, it out? I actually think that they've been trying that all year. I, 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 I don't... I think we still have a very unfair perception of Frio based on them being a very defensive team for a long time. I think early on in the year when they were playing all right, I watched a few games and was super impressed with their run and carry and that they, their ball movement was getting better. Yeah. I just don't think they've been good at it for long. Like, they're good enough for long enough for the season that we're not really buying into it. I, they haven't got it together, but I think they have been no. trying to change And they have really struggled to get their outside runners on the park at the same time. Yeah. If, you, like, looked, if you looked through it, Brad Hill, Stephen Hill, Walters, yeah. uh, Wilson yeah. would not have played that many games all four of them together. And they missed yeah, five well, for Wilson's the massive Wilson's, Wilson's been the year. constant, but the yeah. rest have missed massive yeah. amounts. Um, well, Walter's played most up until recently. The difference Brad Hill made to this game was frightening. Mm. Whenever it was in Brad Hill... I said this about Higgins once. Whenever it goes through Higgins, you look more dangerous. It, yeah. For this, it was it would come to Hill, and then you'd be like, oh, Freo are a chance to score now. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was, he makes that big a difference. Yeah, this he was, was probably the first game all year he's played where he touched... What he did last year. Last year he was excellent for all the year, won their best and fairest. This year he's been out with injury, yeah. out with suspension, and just not quite come back but until. He reminded us how important. Yeah, he and he, him. in good news, said he wasn't going anywhere, and all the speculation was rubbish today. So that was good. Yeah, that that is. Good. I was I'm happy a about bit that. worried he was going back to Hawthorne, and they'd be really good again. But yeah. he's not, so sucked in. Yeah, that that would be upsetting. Uh, and look, not the best sign for Collingwood, but. Oh, yeah, everyone, they got away. Everyone has Who those really games. cares? And they've got a week off now to relax. And anyway, let's get, get to ready. the top five. We're going top five all Australian snubs. And I'm not going to lie, I've been fairly biased. So you take us off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm starting with an honourable mention, mate. Okay, there's a very clear honourable mention here. Uh, 
Billy Gowers. Oh, yeah. I'll jump in on this. I mean, he averaged, I think, about How do you leave 11... a club's leading goal kicker off any list like of the best 40 players? It's well, beyond me. Especially when they do it as impressively as he does. I think he's averaged about 11 disposals this year and kicked a whopping 26 goals. That is... that, that He, that he is, should be lining up at full forward. That is 26 there. more goals than either you or I kicked. The two of us combined didn't kick. That's a terrible gag, Banjo. (laughs) But uh, I don't know why he wasn't on it, but it had to be said. Uh, My five, I've got... Look, I I just want to quickly say off the top, I'm actually quite satisfied with the All-Australian squad. I actually think they did a very good job, and I'm actually struggling to find too many snubs. Yeah, it's going to be hard to decide who to kick off. (laughs) I'm angry about an amazing small amount. But anyway, five, I've got Ben Stratton. I... Yeah, he has had a terrific, consistent year as a very reliable defender, and he's made a massive difference to Hawthorne in the way they played. And I would have thought he'd probably squeeze into the squad. I'm not devastated that he didn't, but he, he probably deserved a look in. No, the good pick, and I left him off because you hate him and wanted a bit of difference. But uh, my number five, I got Jack Zebel, Captain Courageous. Oh, are you just going to name five North players? If you do that, it's not five North players. Oh, how many are there? Four. No. You're not going to do this rubbish, are no, you? No, it's not fine. You'll, you'll see. So you're just going to quote his bloody stats that you sent But like, they're the right in line. <laughs> yeah, you did ignore it. It was very I rude. Care. They are right in line with Dugowie and Caddy. No, that's wrong. When I looked at it, he was in line with Dugowie. Caddy was above. Caddy kicked about... He'd kick over 10 goals more kicked than the other Kicked eight team. more goals and he had significantly less scoring shots, which is on Zebel, but he's in line with Dugowie. Yeah, he was in line with Dugowie. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, and so... Is right up there, and he, yeah, he was Dugowie missed five games. But should he be in, a, in ahead of Dugowie? I would argue yes, because I'm biased. But yeah, you are biased. But he like, is, like, he is right alongside. He'd, he'd that. be like, yeah, he'd be neck and neck with Dugowie. Yeah, but, you know, one of them went in ahead of the other one. Boo hoo. Yeah, big club bias. <laughs> uh, my number four, I have Justin Westoff. He has had. A, I like this one. He's had an outstanding year. His best year of his career by yeah, a mile. At thirty-one. And, Looking good. Like, he's just everywhere, isn't he? I like, suppose that's the issue. Where are you going to put him? I sp- you'd you'd, you'd have to put him bench. on the bench. You'd have like, to put him on the bench. He plays every position and plays yeah. them all well. He picks up a lot of disposals. Dude, you can goals. name him anywhere. Like, half forward flank, he d- d- deserved to be there. Like, yeah. you'd understand that. He's not a center half forward in the traditional sense, but he just is a utility in the best possible sense. We normally deride. That kind of swingman role, but I guess he doesn't play as a swingman. He plays as a forward who will just push around the ground, but he's so good at it. He's a, he's a fascinating footballer. Yeah. He really is an interesting footballer. All, and I think I saw him interviewed and he said, yeah, I'm really glad football's changed the way it has because it made me a lot better. <laughs> like yeah, that, yeah, that okay. tactical switch where you can get out and really roam in certain positions yeah, just yeah. helped him. Uh, my four, I've gone not a North Melbourne player. But a future North Melbourne player, Jared Polek. Oh, you are the worst. I mean, seriously? (laughs) Can you stop taking the piss out of all of our seasons? He has been excellent this year. I hate the fact that you think you're going to get him because I really like him and I've always been a big fan of him. I I rated him higher than anyone else has and I can't say that anymore. We are definitely going to get him. And no, he has been really, really good though. I know. know. As a a winger, he's right up there. He's a genuine winger. There aren't many of them and he does the role very, very well. I know. I know. He's a very good player. It's not even that. He's a great runner. He's a very good kick of the foot. He's had plenty of the football this year. It's probably a fair call. 
<laughs> yes. Probably a fair call. My number three, I've got, I've got Floston here. Mm. This one more comes from the sense of, we, we've discussed this, but you have eight Richmond players. How is he not one of them? He's one of the most important I, for a very I, specific I, I went, defined role. I went through the list and I thought, of the ones I've nominated, Vlosten, if you included him in the cat in the group, Vlosten would be my fourth picked. Yeah, like that's probably he's been accurate. excellent all he'd be, year. He'd be ahead of Cochin, he'd be ahead of Lambert. I think I don't mind Edwards being in there, but he'd probably be ahead of Edwards. No, I don't mind it at all. I don't mind Grimes being in there, but yeah, with Stratton well. out, it's a bit more questionable. But I get it, given they're a dominant yeah. side comparatively. But I still probably have Vlosten in. In terms of outstanding performance for their role, mm. like Floston makes a massive difference to Richmond when he when he intercepts those center clearances from the opposition and gets and them going the other way. And they're tough intercepts. Massive. They're not like he puts his body on the line so often. It's just so impressive the way he goes about. It. He's very similar in the effect he has on a game to Easternwood. Not the same way they play, but his ability to yeah. be that halfback that'll intercept. It's just so important to them. What rate makes Richmond great is their intercept marking. So I'm actually staggered he left off. Yep. Uh, my number three, I've gone Isaac Heaney. Um, yeah, okay. Just, I, I was surprised he wasn't in just because I know how highly everyone seems to rate him. I think he's just an outstanding footballer. Talking of versatility with Westhoff, he is a smaller version of that, but he can play anywhere. What he did against you in the last quarter going down back, that was outstanding. Like, he is very, very good at pretty much everything. And he's used as a utility belt for them, and it kind of takes away from his stats. But I think there should be a room in the room in the league to recognise that. What has he got to do with North Melbourne? Uh, we offered him money a few years ago. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Uh, my top two are the only two I'm actually like super passionate about. Number two, and he's only at two. I've got Nifty Jetta at number two. I mean, he should be the captain of the All-Australian team every year. <laughs> he is exactly what you want in an All-Australian team. He's... Easily the best small defender in the competition. Guess Easily the best small Easily. defender. Easily. In actually defending, which is his number one role, what are you doing? Taking a photo of what jersey you're wearing while saying all this. There's a 39 on the back. Uh, he is an absolute lock for the All-Australian every year. And the fact he's not in the 40 is a disgrace. But what's your number two? He is... Not that stiff. Like, oh, of course he's, he's stiff. He's a good player, but he's not. He's more than a good player, mate. He, he, I don't think, I've never seen him make a mistake in his, in my entire time watching him I see him get absolutely shat on by somebody, but I don't remember who. <laughs> um, it, like, He's a good happen. player, but I don't think he's, no, he's a that big a snub. In terms of bias, that is more biased than me. Going Zeeble. Turn it up. Uh, I've gone Cornelio too, which I'm fairly certain is your number one. He is my number one. Yeah, yeah. he's a big snub. It's it, ridiculous it is that he's no- not in this. I, this is actually shocking for me. Like this is he is average like twenty eight touches. Player. No, he's not. He's the second best player, but he's the best player who played every game. And he kicks yeah. goals. He's <laughs> he gets meters gained. He's tough. He like he's a very very well rounded footballer oh, who plays, does things at an elite volume. He plays forward sometimes, yeah. and he's very very good there. He plays defensive midfield role. He plays an attacking midfield role. He's he is a perfect all round midfielder, and he should be in the twenty two without question. Twenty two is a bit tougher. No, he I'd is like, a star. I'd, mate. Have, I'd have to look at it, but actually, not being in the squad of forty is ridiculous. I actually heard Tim Watson during the week say that GWS rate him as their best midfielder, 
And I thought you'd be happy to hear that. And Gary <laughs> Lyon's response was, yeah, okay, fair enough. Maybe Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, he is my number one. Uh, What's your number one? Yeah, I've gone Cunnington and this is not oh, biased. Oh, shut up. Let's this is on. not biased. He's like third in contested possession, second in clearances. Like He's just an unbelievably good footballer. And in terms of... Like, he's better than a number of the football... Like, He's had a better year than Pendlebury. So is Cornelio, but like there are people put in their own reputation ahead of him, and I think it's ridiculous. I don't care. I want to move on because we don't have enough time to talk about Melbourne. So can we get <laughs> on to some more footy? Fair enough. Hawthorne defeated Sydney by nine points with no Lance Franklin and no Luke Parker. I thought it was a good fight by Sydney. To be honest with you, I didn't think this was a very good game of footy. I, I found this no. quite boring, quite slow. Quite, it felt can like two we teams... just have a quick aside? Are either Sydney or Hawthorne interesting to watch? No. Like, no. Sydney have Buddy, and but that's about it. didn't have Buddy <laughs> this yeah. game. It felt to me like two teams who were just trying to mitigate the damage, trying to strangle the other team, yeah. and just hoping they'd get over the line at the end. And in, and in the end of it, Hawthorne had a bit more experience. Roughhead did some really good things in the last quarter. Yeah. Obviously, some of their kids stepped up in the last quarter, which was I like impressive. the look of Warple. Yeah, I don't like the look of him. He yeah, looks no, real, like real a, fair, real fair. He looks like a bogan, but uh, he's, uh, that, he's not a bad footballer. That mustache is Joe Danaher esque. Uh, Morrison shown bits this year and had a really good game. Yeah, he did. Nearly kicked two within about a minute to yeah, kick one of them. Massive. It would have been huge if he kicked two. Well, of them. the one he kicked was massive anyway. Like, yeah, yeah, it was big moments, and he stepped up for half of them. But yeah, Sydney just the. Well, it was a 17 players trying to stop the opposition scoring. Buddy was the quote we had last week. 18 players mm. trying to stop the opposition scoring. Doesn't quite work as well. They still really got there. Oh, I, I mean, they, they had they had a good start, basically. And they, they held on to the lead for a lot of it. And Hawthorne just kind of hung in there and hung in there and hung in there and then got over them in the last quarter. How, how do you feel about my call last week? That I mean, let, let, let's modify the call. Neither of these teams will win a final. That's that's how I'm that's how I'm feeling. I, Hawthorne will go out in straight sets. Sydney I don't trust, will get knocked off by I don't GWS. trust GWS right now. I'd be tipping GWS. I I would be too, but I don't trust it. I think it's a good, very plausible call, but I don't trust GWS. And you lost by ten goals last time you played Hawthorne, which if it's you, yeah, we have improved that much since then. It's not okay, funny. mate. Uh, let's they're, get just, on. Just, they're just they're both solid citizens but they're not great they're incredibly good system sides without the talent of those around them uh-huh. and i exactly. think in finals it'll get shown up 100 percent. they're very similar very similar yeah okay next up we've got the game you care about uh but do you think we need to talk about it yeah i reckon we probably okay. should okay uh melbourne defeated gws by 45 points go <laughs> it was a lot of fun this game there, Joe. <laughs> it was a lot of fun the first quarter was i actually thought it was a bit flat no sorry the first half i thought was a bit bit flat I, I was kind of a bit surprised it was such a big game there was a lot of build up to it and I found it a little bit yeah both teams just looked a little bit battered and battered and bruised and weren't really that into it the third quarter we were so good like it was it was unbelievable the way we tore that game apart and we have that psychological thing now I, I reckon if I could like sum up where these psychological problems against good teams come from I reckon because it had been a while before we'd beaten one. We got to a point where we headed into games thinking this is going to be a big game. This is going to be tough. This is going to go down to the wire. We're going to have to give everything to the last minute. And they got to the point when we looked like we were a chance to blow these teams away. But we just kind of expected them to come back. So we just batted yeah, down the you hatches. Went into your shell a bit. And just, just tried to just hold off the game. And then, you know, they're a good team. So they're going to come back mm. at you. Where this was, we got 
three or four goals in front early in the third quarter and then we just went for it. And the shackles were off and we blew them away in like 15 minutes of just unbelievably good football. Like it, it was it was outstanding. Man. You are so obnoxiously happy right now and it hurts. <laughs> it, it was so hurts. much fun. The crowd was so appreciative. Like whenever anyone came off onto the bench, it was like a standing oh, ovation. It was that sort of... disgusting. And, and you can see the bench is MCC. Haven't even won a final. So like oh, yeah. the, the entire crowd was in the members because <laughs> all Melbourne supporters are members. Oh, it, was, it was great to watch Banjo. And uh, geez, we have... How good is James Harms? How good is oh, he? No. We've got a question about that. We'll get all to right, that later. All right, all right. We'll ignore that. At track, brilliant third quarter. Although we did Do you one. Think he's starting to put it together. Oh, his second half of the year has been a lot better. A bit more consistent. A lot better. The thing is, there was a stat I heard a few weeks ago. I don't remember after what game it was. It was mm. David King talking about him, and he said, "In his, he won the game for Melbourne. In, I think it might have been against Adelaide." He said yeah. he won the game for Melbourne in the third quarter. And he's like, look at his stats. He had six disposals. Most people would be like, what are you talking about? All six of them resulted in scores. So and what's Track's best asset? Do you think it's his decision-making? Or like, do you think it's his ability to break out of congestion? Like, what, nah, what, what it, do you think oh, it's, sets it's, him up? It's explosiveness. Yeah. He, he is an incredibly explosive footballer. He's a bull. He's quick off the mark. He bursts out of pain. He, he, if I get halfway through the last quarter against Geelong... And it's, you know, even. The game is even. He is the number one player I expect to lift us and to get us over the line. If I could think of one player who is going to lift Melbourne, Petrarca is the first one. He's that sort of player. He's a match winner. Yeah. Um, and people, like, he went through a patch this year where he was struggling. People saying, drop him. You can't drop a player like that. No. You just can't. He's, he's that important. Um, but, you know, three votes was to, was to Harms, clearly. I, Max was good. He was good around the ground. I actually thought his rucking was a bit disappointing. I, I expected him to just absolutely dominate Lob. And he, he got more hit outs, but I think we lost the clearances marginally. And Which like, is actually a really good sign for you, to be able to win yeah. comprehensively without, with your number one asset being taken away. Yeah. Our, uh, trans, our transition deal. is really good as well. We yeah. are like through the corridor. But I feel like that's what's dropped away when you've played good sides. Yeah, but your, your clearance work has stayed excellent. Yeah, but that's your transition true. work's been watched shut down. The fact that you were able to win by maintaining your transition work while your clearances got shut down, I think it's a really good sign. Mm. Yeah, that's true. As, uh, as much as it pains me to say it. A <laughs> couple of injuries. Uh, Dopey Kent went down injured and uh, Tyson had surgery like yeah. that night, which is pretty pretty amazing. But He apparently is three weeks at max. Yeah, I don't know. The... the, the um, Tyson's been in great form, so it sucks that he's out. But like, if I think of what our changes are going to be, it'll be out Kent, Tyson, Kennedy, Harris will get dropped, and then it'll be. In. How long have you been saying that for, Scott? Well, he was, and then he came back oh, in. Yeah, he was right. a late inclusion for Hannon, but then it'll be in. Hannon will come back in, and Hannon played bloody well the previous week. Yeah. I'd be excited for him to come in. Garlett will be in, and then Viney. Like, yeah, that's probably that's an upgrade gonna, with those ins. Yeah, based on those outs, we got good depth. Yeah, that's annoying too. Is Viney going to be back? Like properly, is he guaranteed in? It sounds like it, yeah. Okay. It, it's it's a, and, and I think he would play even if he wasn't ready. But it sounds like he will be. I think it was actually quite conservative that they went with it. Okay, let's move on to the mailbag because, as you said, we're going very long. Uh, this one's from Andrew Sloan. Good to hear from him. <laughs> is Clarko the goat of coaches? Yeah. I, I, think, he's, I think he absolutely is. I mean, because the people who you'll put up against him is like Jock McHale. 
the the burden on like the intellectual burden on a modern day coach is so far and away above like Barassi revolutionized the game by saying handball it occasionally <laughs> <laughs> like Barassi is one of the greatest coaches of all time by that standard you listen to his halftime address like North Melbourne were doing a documentary in the grand final they recorded his halftime address and he's just screaming at them to try hard <laughs> like yeah, yeah. it's not the same as let's build what is it the uh, Clarko's cluster. Let's yeah, like yeah, let's yeah. perfect this short kicking game to break the Weagles. Like and changes it like, all the time. Uh, yeah. His ability to inflect the trend within the AFL and just find the solution. Like what's the Cawthorn's best chance for the next game is that Clarko pulls a genie out of the bottle and finds the solution. Yeah, the game yeah, plan. yeah. I don't think he can do it. For I, four I don't. Weeks, I but. don't think it'll happen. But like that's their best chance, and yeah. that is such a, mm. such a ringing endorsement of his coaching. I ability. think. It, I think it was Bob Davis who described himself as the last of the non-thinking coaches, <laughs> and I like. I, I think that's a great because when you watch olden day footy, it was just all there was to coaching was revving up the team and getting players in the right positions. Yeah. And the positions were set, like it was six forwards, six North backs. North pl- game plan for a premiership side at one point was long bombs to Snake Baker, which is just kick it long to our full forward. Yeah. Like, but that, <laughs> that's and not that, that, was, that was a great tactic for the day. Oh, it but like, worked. We were a premiership yeah, side. The coaches these days are actually coaches, and Clarko has been the best. So. Yeah, and yep. like his ability, he's gotten a lot out of development. Like He's not just a game day coach. He's ter- Harry Morrison was picked 73 or something. Yeah, <laughs> like and two years later, he's in the side and an important role player. Like, yeah. as much like they get being kept afloat by him, any other side with what their list is would be lucky to get in the eight. Mm. Yep, he's pretty. He goes alright. He goes alright. Right. Let's just say that. Next up, uh, how does Melbourne stop Tom Hawkins? <sighs> Kick seven on your last time. Didn't well, you? I think we just beat him out of the midfield, so he's not going to get the quick ball. Didn't into you him. do that last time? No, we did it for most of the game. And then we oh, got then the last smashed quarter. in the middle for about 15 minutes and he, he killed us. Uh, you got to put Oscar on him. You reckon not Frost with the way he's been playing? Nah, I mean, Frost has been playing. Hawkins is getting up and down the ground more than he normally does. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, Frost plays on the athletic types where Oscar wants to grapple with the bigger guys even though he's tiny, know, very skinny. But he, for some reason, <laughs> he seems to do a right at it. He played really well on the weekend. Um that was the thing. Late in the Geelong game, we moved Frost onto Hawkins, and it was quite noticeable how much better he was. Yeah, um, he just surely you learn from that. I don't like. I know why. I know why. Oscar's a better interceptor, right? Nah. Yeah, probably. That 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 so his surely, biggest strength is they've only got the one key forward. Surely you stick Oscar in front of Hawkins. And have nah, but Frost Oscar, go no, with him. Oscar plays on someone, but like his biggest yeah, strength but there's, is there's, who's there to, for him to play on? Unless Radigalia, yeah, back. Radigalia maybe. Um, yeah, Menzel. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I get why Oscar was our first thought for Tom Hawkins, and it, logically for me he should be, but maybe it is one of those things that didn't work once. Yeah, a part of me thinks it was the right thing for Tom Hawkins last year, but. Tom Hawkins actually changed his game quite a bit. Yeah, And maybe. so that's changed the dynamic of what you need to defend him. Yeah. Frost is playing bloody well, so... Yeah, maybe he Maybe we'll get first look at him. <sighs> now, here we go. 
is James Harms elite <laughs> based on his last six weeks? And you have informed me, and I think reasonably unreliably, that you did not put your cousin up to this, Matt. No, Nolan. no, I didn't. I actually did. Because, because <laughs> uh, Sunday night, you text me very enthusiastically that he was... Le- oh, was that this morning? I can't remember. That was remember. this morning. I that was he was elite. No, no. Well, Tim Watson labelled him elite And you didn't radio. shy away from it. No, it's a well, bit early. No, I didn't it's initially. It's a bit early. No, but here's the thing. It's a early. No, Tim Watson's saying right now he is elite. One of two things has happened in the last six weeks. Either Harms has found his role and he's been regenerated as a footballer. If that is the case, this is an excellent early call. It would be like a Kane Corns big call. That which we would, off. We would pat ourselves on the back in a few weeks. So I can see that happening. I can see that happening. He's playing some unbelievably good footy. There is a possibility he's in a purple patch. That yeah. is absolutely a possibility, and you can't say he's elite. What is yet. he, 23? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably around the 23, So, do me fair, if he was going to develop, this would be the time he did his straps. So, it is it is conceivable, but no, I think it's too early. Yeah, it, look, it, I, I'm not going to call him elite. It, it is too early to say that. You have to, to be elite, you have to do it for more than one season, I think. One, yeah. You have to do it at least a season and a half before people start talking about you being yeah. elite properly. But he's showing signs of being elite. Yeah, like... And he destroyed Josh Kelly. He took a giant I, I dump said, on I said, Josh I Kelly. I said this to you earlier. Thank <laughs> you for lowering his price. <laughs> Josh Kelly's no good. Um, no, the, the corollary... I, think, I think Kelly had 19 disposals. Arms are like 29 and a goal. Yeah. His last, his last like six weeks, he's tagged five out of six games and he's beaten the opposition best midfielder every time. The one game he didn't tag was against Gold Coast because who the hell are you going to tag? Yeah. And I think Real he had 30 there. disposals, three goals or something like that. Like yeah. he is playing unbelievably well. Yeah, look, credit to him. But the corollary I look at from my own team, and I raise this to you, Dumont has been excellent over five games as well. And I, I'm not calling him elite. It's just too early. Harms has been building to it and he's found this new role. So there's this belief yeah, that... Yeah, Dumont's been put out brilliant. on the wing and he had 38 touches and a goal. Maybe they're... No, no I'm not going to say they're both elite. I'm not, I'm not going to say that. Yeah, it'd hurt uh, you too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, Harms has been unbelievable. It's I, There was something I didn't see coming. And I, I rated him, but from like a... He could be a handy footballer. Like yeah, premier, he could be a handy footballer in a premiership team sort of thing. Yeah, not, he's, he's uh, one of your. Best he's players. not going to be a. Oh, what was his name? Burns, Shannon Burns. He's not going to be the guy yeah. you go. Oh, really? He was a premiership player, but he's oh. also not. He's not Pendlebury, who you go. Oh, he was a core part of it. He was the reason they won a premiership. Yeah, that year. but he's like he's somewhere in the middle that he could get to there is the thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Laugh. Well, not lastly, because you're a heap from Pooch. Uh, has there ever been a weaker top four since the modern format was introduced? Who was that question from? Do you remember? Big Wilbur Constable. Yeah, well done. Uh, when we have someone who doesn't send a lot of questions, we should give them a shout out. That's true. Uh, it's quite a good question, really. Eh? I think there's a real fairness to it. Look at it. It's Collingwood aren't their best. They're missing no. actual stars. So I mean, are West Coast. Fell in there, really, in the end. So are West Coast. Yep. Hawthorne, we don't think are that good, no. actually. We think they're being carried by their coach, which is unbelievable credit yeah. to him, but we don't think the list is that good. And Richmond are slowly having an injury or two. So they, they're the uh, legitimate side. Yeah, but R- Richmond are. The rest of it, you look at and go, oh, you could be... It could be more of a challenger. Yeah, it, uh, we've said it before. It's frightening how everyone seems to have fallen over for Richmond to win. Oh, like, Richmond so are, are a and, genuine and look, good top four team. The other three, 
West Coast were, but they injured. Or suspended. Collingwood, we don't really know because they have been injured for so long. I, I can't judge whether they are or not if they're fit. And Hawthorne aren't. Like, they yeah. just simply aren't. So where, where they are at the moment, there's one proper top four and team in there. there are a lot of sides you think, had the season gone differently, they could have been a proper top four side. Adelaide, had they been got it together, yes, probably. GWS, same thing. And even you, if you hadn't have choked a heap of losses, could have been a proper top four side. But none of it's there. And it's I, I don't think it's a particularly strong top four. I, I think there's a real yeah, no, substance to that question. A- absolutely. It is quite a good question, William. Uh, just a couple more because otherwise... No, no, one more. One we're, more. Okay. We're well over time. Well over. Uh, does any club deserve a priority pick? And should there be priority picks at all? Stop bloody using the word deserve. Is this bloody poochie used? Are we gone over this, man? It's not about whether you deserve it. You get it when you don't deserve it. That is the point of a priority pick. Yeah, fair, fair. I hate the fact that people use the word deserve. Will they get a priority pick or should they get a priority pick? Yeah, Carlton, could, Carlton and Gold oh, Coast. I think could Gold Coast a, have a much a stronger cha- case. I think Carlton, so much of why they're crap is willful and uh, circumstantial. Oh, so much of it. I don't think that's relevant. I think it is. If the, it's an equalisation like, system. The point is, if you've blown your club, you need help to get off yeah, the bottom. Yeah, but they blew it a year ago. Or two years so? ago. You have to wait and see. I don't think their issues are 20, 10 years of incompetence like yours were when you got one. Or like Brisbane... No, you got the Frawley pick, which... Much of muchness. Or Brisbane, when they got one, when they had five years of players jumping ship. Gold Coast, the reason they would get one is because so many players won't stick around. And in order to build a side that and build a culture that players will stay at, they need picks to build an actual reasonably successful team. You, like Brisbane got an end of first round pick and as a part of a raft yeah, of changes yeah, yeah, turned yeah. it around. Gold Coast are in that same position. Carlton aren't. Carlton, none of that's going to change. They've still in a, they don't lose players without wanting to. They could have kept Gibbs. They chose to let him go. So Gibbs had two years left on his contract. They could have kept that entire forward line that are playing well at other clubs. Goodbye, Jared. Wait, you finally retired, and I love you. But outside of that, they're all still playing so, good football. So kind of what you're saying is their club is all right. Their team is bloody awful. So like, if the club... Yeah is strong enough, players aren't leaving, they're happy enough as a club, they should be able to figure it out without a priority pick. Exactly. Whereas Gold Coast okay, need, that, that's a, an argument, yeah. need a kickstart to yeah. build the rest around it. Perhaps, yeah. And I think they need more than that. I think they need a heap of funding. But yeah, uh, that's okay. why I think Gold Coast need We've it. just like, this is the longest pot ever. So uh, can we just have our final question from yeah, Battle Situations absolutely. with Unexpected Handicaps? Go ahead. Uh, it's quite a short one, thankfully. Uh, <laughs> the three-headed dog off Harry Potter, but one of the heads is angry at the other two, yes. versus Chewbacca, but he is really hungover, in brackets, still vomiting from his best mate's 21st. You realise, well, he's like, by the Han Solo one, he's like 300 years old. Yeah, we sh- <laughs> so he's a very. We don't know what he looks like at that. Oh, uh, well, he's probably got some good Wookie mate or something. Yeah, but like, if he oh, so like a young Wookie mate. So you think he's still reasonably old? 
I don't know how old he's done. Chewbacca must be kind of old because... Well, he's 300 in the Han Solo. Oh, you haven't seen the Han Solo no, movie. I haven't seen There's him. a moment where he goes, you're 300 years old or something oh, like that. Okay. Well, okay. He's got a very young mate then. It doesn't matter. Why are we talking about how there was a 21? Because he could be real. I don't know what Wookiee childhood's like. If he's 21, he might be like this <laughs> oh, big. Come on. He might, he might be like four you, foot tall. Also, really... the dog wins every time. Well, I mean, no, unless the other head bites off the other two, I back the dog. <laughs> no, but are time. they going to be able to fight at all if the heads are just all like banging into well, each other? Well, if it's the middle one, the left one goes while the middle one's at the right one. The right one goes while the left, the middle one's looking at the left one. Or if it's one no, of the, these end ones, the, there's one head to go for. It's a giant dog. No, He's significantly bigger than Chewbacca, and Chewbacca is hungover. I agree. They I could ag- accidentally beat Chewbacca. I agree. Without the handicaps. You would 100% back the three-headed dog to beat Chewbacca. But there's one head that's angry at two. Like, it's not as if there's one which is just hanging out on his own, just having a bit of fun, just we don't know killing a ch- Chewbacca. Some people, Chewbacca. when they're angry, one mope. is yelling at the other two. Some people, when they're angry, mope. What if that dog head's like that? What if that dog head is just like, I don't even care anymore, guys? No, I think. What it, if it's a passive aggressive dog head? I think it's implied that he's having a go at the other two. He's Still, angry at them. He's, Chewbacca it, it's is a distract- vomiting. They're, all three heads are involved in a battle between each other. That. They can't fight a war against two heads and Chewbacca. I think they can. Chewbacca is hungover and vomiting. Chewbacca, like, well, well, yeah, yeah, you've it, been hungover plenty of times. It's not. Do you it think you could fun. fight a giant no, two-headed dog? No, it's not dog? a great handicap either. It's <sighs> look. I probably still think the three-headed dog would win. I think comfortably. The dog could actually. The dog could be having a like fight between the two heads. Accidentally fall on Chewbacca, who's. Crouched on the floor, vomiting everywhere, and suffocate him. <laughs> that is a plausible way this would turn my, my out. My hangovers aren't too bad, so I probably don't understand how. It's yeah, but he's vomiting, so it is a bad hangover. Yeah, all right, all right. I agree with you. I agree with you. The three-headed dog would <laughs> victory. Win. Let's finish this stupidly long podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for listening to the Players on Footy podcast this week. Give us a review on iTunes or. Uh, chuck us a like on Facebook if you haven't. We're Plebs on Footy Podcast. That's about it. Thanks for listening. See you next week.